Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right welcome to monday night edition of the rowdy maglite show got kyle magna all the way up there pa just got through covering the show what's going on kyle Hey, Rowdy, it's good to be back at the track, uh, getting in Friday, Saturday, and also Sunday morning at Pocono Raceway. Uh, I had to take most of the weekend in. Uh, heat was kind of an issue, but other than that, um, we got all the racing in. Uh, not too bad. A lot of stories to go over tonight. Uh, got a lot to cover. I know uh, we got the Arca race. We got all four series there. And, uh, you know, a fun, a fun-filled weekend at Pocono Raceway. Uh, doubleheader on Saturday, the Arca race on Friday, and also the uh, – the Eminem Fan Appreciation 400 on Sunday, which uh, had some pretty big implications in. Uh, Kyle, you started the day on Friday, and we had uh, Taylor Gray, and you was uh, gracious enough to get Taylor Gray in the deadline We are now running. joined by Taylor Gray, driver of the number 17 Ford for David Gillen Racing, winner of tonight's Arkham Menard Series race from Pocono Raceway. Taylor, uh, why don't you start us off by uh, taking us through your race here tonight? Yeah, um, definitely a pretty eventful one. Uh, just, I mean, I I wasn't in the in the main pack uh, up front there for a little bit, so I don't know how racy it was up there. But um, I know I was uh, I was trying like hell to get back up there. <laughs> um, but I can't thank everybody enough. I mean, we um, went a lap down there um, at our pit stop or modified pit stop and then um chad johnson made a really good call by uh about after we went up down about coming back down pit road and and making sure we were topped off to be able to uh finish the rest of the race out um great call by him and and uh i can't thank all my guys enough at dgr for bringing me a really fast race car uh i just i sit in the seat and uh work the steering wheel and pedals they're the ones that do the hard work and bring me fast race cars so all the all the glory or whatever you want to call it, all the um, props go out to them. Um, they're the ones that bring me fast race cars every weekend, and I'm the one that uh, that just works the pedals and the steering wheel. So uh, <laughs> I can't thank them all enough. And uh, just uh, I love being here in Victory Lane talking to you guys. Well, congratulations. We'll go ahead and open up to questions. We'll start right here and then go back to Nathan and then up to Bob. Hi, I'm Mag, the Rowdy Magalite Racing Media and Lee Heighton Times News. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about your Super Speedway uh, debut today? Um, how were the last few days, and uh, what's the, the Ford Mustang like out there? Yeah, um, it was really cool to, to come out here my, my first time being here and, and be able to be able to win. Um, really cool. I, I'm starting to like these. I mean, this is my first one I've been to, but I, I'm starting. I like these style racetracks. I don't know how any of your typical mile and a half run. Um, these aren't. I don't. From what I've heard, this doesn't really race like your typical mile and a half. So um, I guess there's still some, definitely some things to look forward to and, and feel that, that I haven't felt before. But uh, today, uh, today and yesterday were were really cool to be able to come here for my first time and actually feel like what side force feels like a ton and 
and uh, be able to, you know, maneuver traffic, which we've gone places where you really have to maneuver traffic like Dover and stuff like that, and which Dover you feel the side force quite a bit, but you're also under, under a bunch of uh, under load. So here you're more so just lateral load, so you really more feel the side force more so than the banking's holding you up at Dover. So you feel it, but not as much as you feel it here. More like, for example, in turn three, you feel it quite a bit. <laughs> so that was cool uh, being able to feel that for my first time and and uh, being able to end up here in Victor Lane's uh, dream come true. Oh, and sorry, I didn't answer your question about the Ford Mustang. Um, uh, Ford did a really good job at, at uh, redesigning the ARCA body and had been putting a lot of effort into our ARCA program, and I can't thank Ford Performance and everybody enough for uh, taking the time that they really don't have to, I guess, as I should say, and uh, putting some resources into the ARCA program and, and getting us a, a pretty sporty body. Go to Nathan. Nathan Sun with the podium finish. Taylor, could you just kind of explain what happened there at the um, at, right here um, after at the, at the first competition caution there, lap 30, and how you got kind of a trapped lap down there? So you're saying, yeah, okay. So whenever we pitted, you're saying, yeah. Uh, from whatever I was seeing in the side mirror, I mean, I haven't talked to my guys, but it looked like we were having a tr pro problem getting the fuel can engaged um, properly and getting the whole can uh, emptied into the race car. And then once we did figure it out, we got the second can in, and by that time we were trying to beat the pace car off the pit road, and we did not successfully do that. Um, there was a bit of confusion whether I was a lap down or on the lead lap, but I ended up being on a lap down. And then uh, we got the lucky dog there, and I think raced our way back up to, I don't even know where we were at, and then they wrecked pretty big in front of me. Um, and so, and then, like I said, after... But back to the caution, I mean, after we went a lap down, that's when Chad Johnston made a pretty good uh, pretty good call about coming back down and, and taking fuel. At, at first, I was really confused. I was like, I don't understand what, what we're doing, but <laughs> now I do. That's also why I'm not the crew chief, and he is. So, um, so I mean, great call by them. And uh, it, at the end of the day, I mean, you can say, I mean, yeah, we were really fast, but at the end of the day, that's what ended us up in victory lane really taking to the new Mustang body well. Uh, how much of an asset has that been to you guys the last couple months? Yeah, I mean, it seems like it performs pretty well on these bigger tracks. Um, I mean, along with we've made our, our equipment and our race cars a lot better from last year, but, you know, I feel like we're a step ahead in the aero department than Joe Gibbs is right now, or JGR is, ARCA program is right now. So to be able to, to say that as a manufacturer and as a team, that's – pretty cool um you know i mean they're they have the most resources here i mean that's just kind of the bottom line so i think to be able to to get ahead on that it is pretty cool all right let's go to bob oh, bob hockers fox sports you don't get to race a lot on the bigger tracks what do you, do you think this win says about your development as a driver yeah i mean I, I more so i think it what does it say about the people that are around me how good they are and and just um like i keep saying i mean it's the guys that are around, uh, the, whoever's around you is is who's going to shape you up to who you are. So I, right now, I've, I like I said, my interview post race on the track. I feel like I've got a dream team around me right now. So, um, just uh, you know, everybody around me is really good right now, and and it's making me better as a person and as a race car driver. So, just got to keep working and uh, keep surrounding ourselves with the same people that we have been, and, and keep improving on our on our race cars. Come up to Scott. 
Scott Walsh from the uh, Scranton Times Review and Tell. Can you just kind of describe you you um, you know you, you took the lead right away, even though you started second, and here it is you're leading all those laps, and then you get the penalty, the, you know, the, the, coming off the pit stop. Can you maybe just talk describe your emotions, what you're thinking, or you, is there frustration? Um, you know, are you upset in the car? You know, just maybe talk a little bit about you know, your reactions to getting uh, to getting that penalty initially. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to Raja for pushing me to the lead. That was pretty cool. Um, he, that was a uh, that was pretty textbook. Um, just working together while the guys on the bottom row decided to try to fan out and just try to screw each other over every chance they could get. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, me and Raja worked together well on restarts today. Um, the one where Nick passed me, um, I just don't think he got a good launch behind me. Um, I didn't do a great job of kind of signaling him when to, when to lead up to my bumper. Cause that's when Nick was trying to lag back and he could see my hand. So I was kind of debating on how much to show my hand out or how much to lag back. So he couldn't see my hand on when to know when he was knew I was going to throttle up and accelerate. So um, but yeah, thank you to Raja for pushing me to lead. I just don't need to go thank him for that. <laughs> um, but no, to answer your question, I mean, not, didn't really get mad when we went a lap down. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, it was, it was our own fault, but also at the end of the day, that's, it was kind of a uh, blessing in disguise because I mean, yeah, we don't go a lap down, you know, we, we could maybe race our way back up there. And, and take over the lead, which I think we could have because we had a really, really fast Ford Mustang today. But, I mean, we, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it was, like I said before, it was a blessing in disguise by getting going a lap down because that then caused Chad to want to come back down again and take more fuel. And then it just made it easier for us, I guess, to, uh, in hindsight, it made it easier for us rather than having to pass four cars that got around me. Chris. Chris uh, Taylor, I was just curious, so your thoughts on going to Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park next weekend? I love that place. I'm actually super pumped to go there. Um, we went there in ARCA in 2020, and we ran really well there. Um, I'm super pumped to go there. It's a cool racetrack. I'm glad to, glad we finally decided to go back to that place. It's a pretty cool place. Go back to Scott. In those final laps, um, they were saying on TV, uh, were you talking on the radio, like, I can't see how much you're talking about, you know, with the darkness approaching and everything like that. How much were you trying to maybe sway Arca to, you know, hey, I can't see anything, call this race, I'm, uh, you know, I, you know, let's end it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was definitely being pretty dramatic, but um, it was still pretty dark. I mean, it, I will say at the, at the end when the caution came out, it was dark to where I was like, okay, this is like really, really not a good idea to go back green. Um, also because I would win the race, but, um, I, it was getting pretty, it was getting to the point where it, it was dark enough to for it to be reasonable to call out whether I was leading or not. I mean, obviously I would have been, if I wasn't leading, I'd be like, yeah, it's perfectly fine. But, um, that's just the want to win inside of me, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, to answer your question, truthfully, it was getting pretty dark. Um, was I being dramatic? Yes. But was it getting dark? Yes. <laughs> All right. Any additional questions for Taylor? Taylor, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Kyle. Uh, Taylor Gray says it got dark, and he was getting kind of dramatic about it going dark. Uh, I, I know you were there, and we talked about it earlier. 
Uh, yeah, Kyle, Rowdy, uh, first of all, um, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't like this, the late start time. Um, I don't think starting a 200 mile race at 6:44 Eastern is the greatest idea, especially when you know the sun's setting at 8:28. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just there was a lot more questions and answers in that race. I thought um, I know Taylor Gray had the best car, you know, the Ford Mustang, you know, leading 38 to 64 laps. Uh, but um, yeah, Rowdy, uh, just really puzzled um, with that race. Um, don't really know what happened. Um, I, I understand it rained during the day. Um, you know, we got ARCA practice in during the day, and then they set the lineup on on practice speed, which gave Sammy Smith and Taylor Gray the front row. So, um, I mean, it was a good race, um, you know, and I I just hope that, you know, we don't run in the same situation in Michigan, which is also a 6.30 p.m. start time, Eastern. So, um, that's a 200-mile race. That'll be in two weeks. You know, we got Lucas Oil coming up before that. So, um, Taylor Gray, you know, making a super speedway debut, gets the win. Um, Nick Sanchez, who was fastest in, in practice uh, Thursday, was second. Uh, Raja Karuch, fourth. Brandon Jones uh, did not lead any laps, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, you know, with his dominance that he's had, two for two, heading into Pocono. A third-place finish for the Joe Gibbs Racing number 81 car. So, um, yeah, it was good to see Taylor Gray get a win. I, I think he's very talented. I think he's ready to go up to the truck series. Um, you know, I think, you know, he's going to be a teammate to Tanner probably next year. Um, when he turns 18, so yeah, good win for that team. And uh, yeah, they came back. Like they said, they were a lot down at one point and came back and won the race. So uh, good win for him. Um, they, you know, back to back, Mid Ohio, and now Pocono. So uh, really fast, Rowdy. Um, like I said, it's, it's always good to see the Arkham and Art Series competing at Pocono Raceway. The 31st uh, different consecutive winner there. Um, first time Ford has won there. Trying to go through my head, Rowdy. I'm, <laughs> I think Toyota's won the last, I think six or seven Arca races at Pocono. So, yeah. um, I I think the last Ford to win at Pocono Rowdy it was Chase Briscoe in in July 2016. That was the last time Ford won an Arca race at the Tricky Triangle. So, um, Toyota's kind of been on a dominance there. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry, Rowdy. It was Ty Majeski. Actually, forgot about that one. Yeah. Uh, when he drove yeah. to Cunningham Motorsports in 2019, that was the last time Ford. Um, went to victory lane in the Arkham and Art series there. But, um, yeah, Rowdy, that was basically it. You know, uh, Dark took, basically took the race. Um, 828, they called it. Um, it was a task halfway, lap 64. That was the race. And Taylor Gray was the one who was victorious. And as I predicted, Rowdy, uh, it would be pretty much nighttime by the time we got to victory lane. So, um, again, you know, we have another Arca race shortened. Um, but, you know, again, that's that's just the circumstances that, that happened and that's the box they were put in. Kyle, Kyle, as y'all, y'all were leaving the track, kind of what was everybody's attitude as you was walking out of the track? I mean, you know, nobody wants to see a race shortened. Um, you know, I, I know we were talking all day before the race, you know, with the Arca garage. We didn't know if we get the race in or not, the whole race in at least. Um it's tricky when you're up against that start. You know, I think a 6 o'clock start time would have been better. Um, I understand they had, you know, we got rain, um, which kind of, kind of, you know, I mean, we got, you know, it was a two-hour delay, but you know, thankfully we were able to get ARCA in. Um, I mean, there was discussions. It would have been run that Sunday at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. That was also discussed. Um, 
that, that of course we got it in. Well, at least we got most of it in. But uh, yeah, Rowdy, um, that was being discussed when the weather was getting really bad. We didn't know if the track was going to be dry or not. But uh, yeah, 64 of 80 laps. That was it. That was the race. And uh, you know we got Lucas Oil next. Uh, Double hundred with NASCAR Campbell Truck Series. Their first race there since 2011. So uh, yeah, um, I don't know. It's pretty dark out. Uh, the only thing I didn't like, Rowdy, was I, I didn't get the media center until 9:30. Um, a lot of the gates were closed when I was trying to get back. I didn't appreciate that. Um, I know, I know that, you know, like you were saying, you know, the free monster energy can, but you know, um, basically it's just ARCA practice. And, and like I said, the ARCA race. So, um, hopefully they can work on that for next year. Hopefully, uh, you know, if we're going to have the Arkham and art series back, uh, hopefully they can get every lap in. Uh, Kyle, so, uh, the next day doubleheader, you had the trucks and, uh, Xfinity doubleheader, uh, Got Chandler Smith in victory lane again for KBM Motors. And now we'll be joined by the winner of today's NASCAR Campbell World Truck Series race here at Pocono Raceway, and that's Chandler Smith. We have a question for Chandler. Please raise your hand, and we'll get you a mic. We'll start up here to Kyle. Kyle Magda, Rowdy Maglite Racing Media and Lehighton Times News. Can you talk about the battle there with Priest? Uh, I know he got, got on you on the outside there, and then you got back around him. Yeah, um, I, I was dominating the race all day. It was in clean air. Never really got in dirty air all day. So I didn't really know what our truck was going to do when I got in dirty air. So when he did get by me, uh, we took a huge shift. Like, our truck was not that great. Um, but luckily, a restart came. Uh, all three KBM trucks lined up. We were all in the inside lane. Corey gave me a really good push. The four gave him a really good push. And ultimately, that's what led to us getting the, the, the victory. Any more questions for Chandler? Go up here to Chris and then to Cole. And then I'm here. Chris, thank you. Chandler, um, just look your outlook on the playoffs. How do you feel? Um, is there a place that you're potentially worried about going to? And um, how do you approach, you know, not having been able to be consistent as far as the schedule goes over the next couple months? Yeah, no, I'm honestly really happy with how the playoff schedule is. There's a lot of short tracks, and then there's Homestead and Kansas. And Kansas, we were pretty solid at. Uh, had some issues, drove from the back like twice or whatever there. Um, but we had a really strong truck there. I've never been to Homestead, never seen the place. I'm also going to be racing the Xfinity car there as well. So it's going to be a long day for myself. It's going to be double duty. So with that being said, we're uh, going into the playoffs with a lot of momentum, obviously. And I think that's on our side for sure. Cole. Cole Cusimano, Arizona Republic. Uh, congratulations, first off. Um, Chandler, is this the most confident you felt going into a playoff run after today? Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, considering last year was my first time ever really going for the playoffs, and we weren't great all last season until the playoffs. Uh, we barely made it in by a thread. And then when the playoffs started, we were really good. It was just kind of hit or miss if we had problems or if we didn't have good, it, like, it didn't go our way on pit road. Um, but we always had really fast trucks. So I, I guess because we've been really consistent all year, whether it been we had issues consistently, which isn't good, but we figured them out. And uh, we've been having really fast hundreds week in, week out. So with that being said, I guess yes to answer your question. And then what did you learn from last year that you can apply to this year in the playoffs? Um, how much the regular season matters as far as like today, that one stage win we got. The win we got, that's five extra playoff points. The one with the stage win. And even now finish second in points, 
I think it's 10 extra points or whatever that carries through. That's really big. So um, I guess a little bit of that, just kind of being mindful of that and uh, making sure in the regular season we are on the days that we're not good, we needed to make sure we try to get some stage points, which we tried, which we didn't really. The 99 was really good at that this year, to say the least, and it's going to show when we get to IRP. Go over here. New finish, Chandler. Uh, four truck series wins now. You've done a couple of Xfinity series races. I'm curious how you feel your stock um, as you kind of start to uh, look towards 2023. Yeah, I feel like I should have more than four wins, to be honest with you, too. It makes me happy hearing I got four, though. So with that being said, yeah, I mean, it feels good. I, I feel like I've had a few wins stolen from me this year. felt like I had a few stolen from me last year. So finally to start getting some wins, uh, being consistent all season, I think that's a step in the right direction for this whole camp. Davey. Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. Kyle was just in here, and he was uh, mentioning how he sees a little bit of himself in you on and off track when he was a younger driver gearing up for the playoffs now, what what are you going to do in terms of leaning on him for information? He has a lot of it to give. How do you kind yeah, of for sure. take out of him what you need? I mean, he's a resource, right? He's my boss. He's a driver. He's a competitor when he's racing these, but he's also a resource that I need to utilize. It's just like the sim a little bit. He's got so much experience, so many laps, and so much knowledge when it comes to just racing knowledge in different situations, right? So whenever I feel like there may be a situation where I haven't experienced that quite yet, I reach out to him and you know, ask him and lean on him. But if I've experienced it, I lean on what experience I have because at the end of the day, it's just like if you have two different driving styles, right? When I first got into truck racing, I struggled a lot when we went to mile and a half. Couldn't figure out the air, couldn't figure out aero games, all that stuff, and I leaned a lot on Kyle. But at the end of the day, driving style matters, how you drive and all of that affects those different situations. So I finally was just like, whatever, I'm going to go figure it out. I tore up a lot of trucks doing that, but now look, we're winning races. Got my first mile and a half win at Las Vegas this year, so obviously I figured something out. Bob Pockers, Fox Sports, you've had some success at IRP, so I'm curious, do you feel good going in there next week? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, a thousand percent. I've been there three times, I believe, and I've won twice. Um, so with that being said, I was really excited to see IRP get added to the truck schedule in general. Um, it sucks because that's going to be the first playoff race. My wife, we're about to have a child. She wasn't here today. She wasn't here at Mid-Ohio. So it really sucks not having her around. But um, we've got a lot of exciting times coming. And um, But with that being said, yes, I'm really excited to go to IRP. Do I have a standby driver? No, because it looks like that. Well, I'm, I'm sure we have a plan, but it looks like I'm going to still be at. If, it, if I miss a race, it would be Richmond. Any final questions for Chandler? All right, well, congratulations. Oh, sorry. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Hey, and I'm planning on being there, Kyle. Uh, what about uh, Chandler uh, thinks his baby may be due around Richmond, so that's going to be interesting there. Congratulations on Chandler Smith winning in the truck series. Uh Kyle, also, uh, I didn't 
Ty Gibbs, it was Sunday morning. Didn't know how long it took for you to find out Ty was going to be driving for Kurt Busch or not. But we got a little. Uh, what, what did you, what do you think about Ty's performance in the Cup Series? Yeah, I knew I knew Kurt was was injured or had a concussion. Um, we didn't know who was going to be in the 45 car. Um, also, with the Cup race, they moved up to 3:05 p.m. Eastern uh, start time. Uh, Ty Gibbs in the 45 car didn't do too bad. I think it was 18th, right, Rowdy? Um, yes. Not bad for his Cup debut. Um, you know, at such a short notice. But, you know, he's had laps on the Tricky Triangle, second in Noah Grace in the Xfinity race. Second for the second year in a row in the Xfinity race, Rowdy. But I had the Archer win there in 2020. So, um, yeah, he did, did pretty good. You know, I know he, you know, he may be going up there next year. We don't know yet. But uh, it's going to be a little bit of an audition for the for the young driver. Well, uh, you know, I heard Clara ask him if he had butterflies or questions similar to that. And he's like, Hey, when you get the call, you got to be able to go up and do the job. And uh, I thought he he gave a great answer, uh, Kyle. And uh, hey, not bad to go out there and race for the big boys. I mean, it's the new gen car. Why not get his hands on one now? Why it's new? He's just as fresh as all the rest. And it's got seat time, is where he's lacking. But by his performance, Kyle, uh, seat time. Is not no problem for Ty. Driver's mentality is you got to be ready when your number is called. And for Ty Gibbs, it's going to be today here at Pocono. 19 years old, making your first career cup start. Obviously a whirlwind of a morning, of a night last night. What was going through your head when you got the call? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, I'll say all prayers out to Kurt. Uh, you know, we hope he gets better. He's been a tremendous help this this team. And, you know, all I want to come and do is just have a good finish and, uh, you know, do the best I can. If that's winning, that's winning. If that's finishing 30th, that's 30th. You know, just want to learn as much as I can. So, I'll say thank you to them, but uh, it's super cool. Big pleasure to drive the McDonald's uh, Toyota Camry and security uh, and, uh, you know, having the Jumpman logo on my shirt, I think, is, you know, super cool to me. Did you think you would be the guy that would get a call in a sub kind of driver role like this, or was it almost a surprise to you? I did not. You know, I was driving back home from the race, and I just parked on the side of the highway and had to take it in, so it's super cool to me. Now, no next-gen experience, but you did have a little well, 1 a.m. stem time last night. What was that like, trying to get adjusted so quickly? Yeah, just trying to get, uh, you know, as much... Uh, you know, experience as I can before I get in this thing, and uh, you know, I'm very excited though. You know, it's been really fast in uh, practice, and, and you know, even qualifying, they were really good. So, uh, you know, hopefully I can just help them out, and we can learn something today. Maybe they can put it towards the whole Toyota program. And the good news yesterday, stellar car. So, what do you learn from the Xfinity that will help you in the race today? Uh, you know, just track time. I think just most important as we see these top guys come down in the Xfinity series. So, just track time. Um, we'll see what we can do. And lastly. I know expectations are certainly different when you're in a role like this, but what is a good day for you today? We'll find out. What are your emotions going into this race today? I don't know. I think you're more amped up than I am, Bob, but you know, I'm just excited. I'm very thankful to come into this whole thing and I just want to say, you know, first of all, all you know, prayers out to Kurt. Uh, we know we hope he gets better. He's been a tremendous help to this team and uh, we'll see what we can do. And, you know, we've got, they they look like they had a fast McDonalds uh, Toyota Camry security, so we'll see what we can do. They put a yellow stripe on your bumper, so what do you think about when you think of being a rookie with this field, you probably dreamed about it all of your life, it comes true today, you didn't expect it. I did not expect it at all, you know, it, it means a lot, and I'll say thank God for this opportunity, and um, we're going to see what we can do with it. Are you nervous about it? Uh, you know, you got to be very uh, disciplined in these situations, and you got to compartmentalize, put your feelings aside, and go out there and do the work. One more, guys. Have you talked to Michael at all? 
Uh, I've not talked to Michael, but you know, I just want to say thank you to him, and it's a pleasure to drive with this Jumpman logo on my shirt, uh, so on my race suit, and, and I think that means a lot. Um, you know, to a kid like me, I've always looked up to him, and um, I've always looked up to you know the whole the whole program. So it's super cool to be part of it. Gonna go have fun. Let's do it. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank, thank you. you. All right, Kyle. Uh, I see. I see a bright future. A lot of merchandise, Kyle. It's going to be big. He is talented, Yeah, Roddy, Kyle. Uh, he's, yeah, he's good. Um, you know, I, I, know he did, I know he came up short in a poke in the race, but he sure did, you know, Gregson and gave him a run for his money there at the end. Um, I just didn't let him go by, you know. He had to earn that one. So, uh, yeah, um, Ty Gibbs, like I said, second for the second straight year in the, in the, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race. Uh, 2020 Pocono Arca winner, 2021 runner-up in the Arca Menard Series. So has a pretty good track record at Pocono. Um, you know, winning in a Super Speedway debut back in 2020 and then uh, having the strong runs that he had. So um, I still think he's the favorite uh, to win everything. I think he's just good. Um, that 54 car is good. Um, but right now I think they, they still look like they're the favorites to win the title. I know Junior's been good this year with, with everybody. But uh, right now, I think I think that 54 car is still probably the one to beat. Well, uh, Noah Gregson gets the win, uh, Kyle, and that's his third one for the year. Yeah, it was a weird story with that. Um, you know, for, for those of you wondering, um, I wound up getting heat exhaustion on Saturday. Um, did not stay for the whole Xfinity race. Um, I got I, got, I was getting very sick. Rowdy, I know I told you about it. But, um, yeah, heat was really an issue this weekend. Um, I, I know it was like 90s, but, you know, being out there from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., it was just too much. Um, you know, having other, taking other, you know, having other, you know, prescribed medications to take and not taking them probably had a factor as well. But, um, yeah, Rowdy, I wasn't, wasn't in good shape. But, um, thankfully, I got home, watched the end of the Xfinity race. Uh, I just want to say, well, first off, I just want to, you know, apologize to, uh, you know, everybody. Um, I did my best on Saturday and, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I, I know some, Scott Walsh from the Grand Times Tribune said, told me not to leave, but, um, I, I was just not feeling good. It was about around 610 Eastern Rowdy. Um, but, uh, you know, you can always check out the website. Still got a lot of photos from the weekend. You know, it's not like we didn't get anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really was on it this weekend, Rowdy, having the photographer's desk, getting into victory lane. Uh, it's really important for us, you know, um, busy weekend with the doubleheader on Saturday. Um, Rowdy, uh, unfortunately, could not make the cup race Sunday, but luckily I was able to get there on a Sunday morning and see a few people that I know. So uh, thankful for that. Um, int- weird weekend. Um, you know, I got to see ARCA and the trucks and a little bit of Xfinity. So I'm um, in the cup series. I got to see all four series, which was still nice, Rowdy. Um, you know, not being able to see the cup race, but still being able to see every series, at least practice or qualify, was really good. Well, uh, Kyle, fortunate enough to have uh, Noah in the deadline room and talk about his victory in victory lane. All right. Now we're joined by the winning driver. Uh, and that's the driver of the number nine junior motorsports Chevrolet, uh, Noah Gregson. Gre- uh, get right to them. We'll start right here and then move over to Davey and then back. 
did some of Hody finish. Noah, um, just to start, kind of talk about that battle there with uh, with Ty in those last 15 or 20 laps and, and how difficult it was to stay in front of him. Yeah, that was uh, probably the hardest I've ever worked in a race car, trying to hold someone off. And, um, you know, really got to respect uh, the way he raced us. And, um, you know, hopefully we put on a show uh, that's the most important thing. But, yeah, it's just getting tight. I think I just overworked my front tires trying to – past the eight car uh, with Josh Berry and probably should have, I mean, I was, it was in a tough position because the 54 is fast every week and it's like, man, we need to get a gap on him uh, with him running third, us running second, and the eight running first. And then um, I knew I had to pass the eight, but probably just worked a little too hard on the front tires and, and got too tight there. Um, it was just doing everything I could. Uh, my spotter, Tyler Mon, he did a great job just telling me where, where Tyler was, Ty was running and where his weaknesses and strengths were. And it seems like I would pull away a corner and he'd run me back down another corner. And, um, you know, it's just a bunch of uh, give and take there. But um, overall, just really, really challenging to hold him off, but uh, glad we did. And do you think that you guys race cleanly? I mean, I know you guys have had differences in the past, but um, do you feel you guys have the, the mutual respect and race each other cleanly today? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, we race each other hard, but race each other clean. And, um, yeah, after Portland, I had a chit-chat, if you want to call it, with him and um, a talk and told him how I felt and um, in person and what the consequences were, and I, I was kind of over it. So um, I think that might have changed how he raced us today, but... Uh, nonetheless, uh, got to give a lot of respect for him for the way he raced us today. And, um, you know, I feel like I race guys the way they're racing us. And, um, you know, he raced us hard and clean, and we'll continue to race him hard and clean. Go to Davey, then Zach. Hey, no, Davey Siegel with Sirius XM. Given that chit-chat that you had with him at Portland, were you surprised at how he raced you down the stretch today? Um, yes and no. I think, you know, looking back at, at weeks in the past and racing with him at Nashville and some other places, um, if you go back and, I mean, watch the Nashville, you know, we've been able to race fine against each other ever since. And um, we were around each other pretty much all day. And, um, you know, it would be side by side going in the tunnel turn. I'd be on the outside of him. And, um, get the position. He was on the outside of me, uh, and he got the position on me, and, um, you know, just race each other the way it should be done, and um, so I don't know if I know if it is yes or no that that's how he's going to race me, but uh, at least from now on out, I know that that's how it'll be. We'll Dale, was just, yeah, Dale was just in here, and he was saying he was impressed with how Ty raced you and how you also raced Ty, and I know he had a conversation with you after Road America as well, did you change your driving style at all in those closing stages as maybe you would have earlier in the season, given the conversation you had with Dale, or were you just kind of focused on the task at hand? No, focus on the task at hand. It's um, When we were going into the tunnel turn on the on the final lap and I was on his outside, I knew I couldn't let him get to, to my outside just because it's you're so loose underneath guys. And um, either I was making it through there, you know, Myself, or we both were wrecking, but um, I was I was going to be the one who either hit the wall first or, or got to turn three first, and um, you know we were able to to run it hard till the to the end. Zach.
behind you. Dexter Neal of NASCAR.com. Noah, I'm curious, what what did you feel like you were able to do behind the wheel to maintain any kind of advantage you would have? Because he he would get some massive runs on you, um, especially obviously on that last lap. What did you feel like you were able to do to block him, defend, uh, just kind of defend your lead at that point? Yeah, I think we've been working really hard with Josh Wise, my crew chief, Luke Lambert, Tyler, mom, my spotter, and um, you know, just coming up with a game plan, having code words, um, you know, and, and not code words, but just instead of saying, hey, I think you need to move your line up more and drive it in deeper, we can shorten that down to two or three words. And, um, you know, I understand it that, be that way better, especially for moments like that. It, it really comes in handy. And, um, you know, I, I think that's been a lot of hard work throughout the week. And, you know, just finding what works. But, um, you know, Josh Wise, Tyler Vaughn, Luke Lambert, we're, we've really got a good thing going right now. Um, we're doing it at, at you know, line-wise at New Hampshire. And it's nothing, like, special. It's just, hey, try this technique or try that technique. And we have it simplified down um, every week. But um, that's helped me a lot behind the wheel, um, you know, especially in the closing laps there. Come up here to Zach. Net. The team put an American flag on the uh, the windshield of the car. Was that anybody's specific idea? Were you surprised by that, or was that something that's been planned since Talladega? Um, yeah, I mean, we live in America, so we might as well represent it. And um, you know, I I don't know really the reasoning behind it, but um, one of our more energetic and enthusiastic crew guys, Dex uh, Ryan Dextrays, he is the one who was like, oh, let's tape an American flag to the to the windshield so it'll be there and um, he leaned in when they were taping he's like can you see I'm like no I can't see but I'm just gonna keep doing donuts till I hit something or thing blows up so um, it hopefully looked somewhat cool I don't know try and be unique and different I feel like that's what our team is we're unique and different and like to have the most fun out there over here to Bob Bob Packers Fox Sports uh, I was on pit road so it's hard to tell but did you get sick again yeah, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. I, I held my breath for the last two laps, I think, lap or two. Um, he got to the inside of us through turn one on that last lap, and I was like, oh, shit, you better hold on because I'm either hitting the wall or we're going to hopefully win the race. And, um, yeah, just a little baby burp up. It wasn't too bad this time. So do you think that was just from the nervousness? Just holding your breath. It's like if you you run a mile and um, you know you're you're running at a hundred percent and um, your heart rate's through the roof and you're breathing in all the smoke and just trying to take my time to go climb the fence and I was like, well, you never know when your last one's gonna be, so got to just appreciate them when you got them and, and make the most of the moment. So I don't I don't mind a little throw up if uh, you know to enjoy the moment. Come up here to Dustin and then Chris. TomVinoJSki.com. Noah, eight wins now for Junior Motorsports this year, one shy of their most for a single season. Wow. What's it been like, or what is it like right now driving for JRM? It's it's great. Um, I'm as comfortable and as confident as I've ever been, and nothing's really changed. Um, I feel like I've had this confidence, uh, you know, throughout last year and, and this year. Um, just the people are, are outstanding. It really starts from the top down. Kelly, LW, Dale, Mr. H, 
you know, Ryan Pemberton, Joe Mattis, Kristen Bauer, those people, they're, they're true leaders and, and they know how to lead a company and they knew how to, they know how to lead a group of people. And, you know, when you have an organization with a hundred plus people, it's hard to, to have everybody get along and, and have everybody, you know, work well around each other, but, uh, for everyone, but I feel like everyone is happy at junior motorsports right now. And, um, you know, the cars are fast, the, the Hendrick engine shop, the department, they're doing a great job with the engines, the fab shop, they're doing a, an outstanding job. And, and then when you have three great teammates to be able to, to run alongside on the racetrack and, and compare and contrast. And, you know, we've been at this with the same three teammates for about two years now, or a year and a half, you know, um, Sam would sit in our competition meetings, uh, beginning part of last year and, you know, kind of shaping him into the, I don't know if that's correct, but the JRM way. Um, and Justin's a great leader. Josh is a great competitor. And um, I'm just a 14 year old of the group that uh, tries to keep up with them. But uh, it's uh, it's an amazing place to, to be able to drive at. And I'm extremely grateful for, for everybody's hard work. Thank you. Chris Knight, catchlines.com. Um, are you thinking about playoffs yet? Or are you just focused on going out there and stacking up the playoff points and wins? Yeah, I don't, I mean, we've taken a hit uh, the last two out of the last three or four weeks uh, in points, I think. I don't know if we've gained or lost any. Uh, I'm sure we might have gained one or two today, um, but really the playoff points right now are the uh, most important thing, and um, race wins are, are really key. I don't think we're changing up our race strategy to chase wins. I know, um, like the 21 today, he short pitted at the end of the second stage, and Restarted the third stage up front, um, but you know the way I feel is if we can just keep bringing fast race cars to the racetrack and keep doing our jobs, and if we are off, you know working hard and, and getting back in into rhythm and sync and, and getting back to leading laps, and um, you know just extremely grateful for the group that we got on the nine team that worked so hard, and you know if we're not great, we we work hard to get there. And we'll wrap it up with cold air in the center. Cole Cusimano with the Arizona Republic. I like what you said about your team being unique and different, and you've had a stellar season so far, so I'm just curious what makes your team stand out from the rest, the Gibbses, the Almondingers? We have fun. Um, we have an Xbox in our hauler. We play PGA, golf, Tony Stewart's uh, dirt racing video game. Um, we joke around. We have fun. We have smiles on our face. It just kind of late model racing at a higher level, it feels like. Um, you know, it's we enjoy our time together, and I think it's it's the people that um, are on the team and, and just just enjoying our time with each other and enjoying the opportunity, enjoying the moment. Still working hard. We're still working our tails off, but it makes it fun, and it, it really doesn't make you feel like you're working that hard. I mean, I, I feel like I'm working just as hard as when my first year, if not more, um, you know, just throughout the week and whatnot, but it, it doesn't feel like I'm working any harder, but um, definitely still putting in the hard work, but having fun while you're doing it, I think that's the key. And what works for us, that might not work for other teams. And, um, you know, you kind of look at them and they're not really happy and looking. I don't know if they are, but um, I know we got a smile on our face and we're going to try and keep it that way. Okay, Noah, congratulations and uh, good luck next week. Thank you, guys.
There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, Kyle. Uh, comes uh, qualifying. Uh, what was kind of the mode was in the cup garage for qualifying? Well, it was the first time uh, cup qualifying was back at Pocono in three years. Um, and a race actually won by Denny Hamlin the last time they had qualifying. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. It was good to see the cup guys back on track and qualify for the Down in the Sand Appreciation 400. And um, I got to see it. It was uh, pretty nice to take some shots and uh, during practice and qualifying. And uh, Denny Hamlin ended up with the uh, with the pole award. And uh, we're going to go into the uh, deadline room. And actually, I believe you were first one to grab him in question there. Was, isn't that right, Kyle? That's correct. Ah, right, here we go. All right, everyone, we are now joined by your poll winner for Sunday's race at Pocono Raceway, Denny Hamlin, driver of the number 11 Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. If you have a question for Denny, raise your hand and we'll get a mic to you. We'll go ahead and get started over here in the middle with the vest on. Kyle Magda, Rowdy Mag, Light Racing Media, and Lee Heighton Times News. Uh, Denny, uh, with this place aging, over the years, do you notice any differences with the track from when it does get repaved to now, like it is 10 years later? Do you think you run better when the track ages, or, or do you just think you're good here overall? Uh, I would say probably when it ages more than when it's freshly paved, for sure. But uh, every time I come here, it's, there's always something different. There's a different tire, a different car, a different patch that's paved, or we have resin or don't have resin. It's There's a lot of different things every time we come here that's a challenge. And with us only having you know, 20 minutes of practice, you, you've got to kind of lean on some past experience of, of what you need to get out of your car to be fast here. And it's, you know, it's obviously worked uh, for, for this car today. Mm-hmm. We'll go over on the back. Dominic Otto, going with the racing experts in ESPN Radio, excuse me, ESPN Radio Albuquerque. A couple questions. During that qualifying run, how confident were you that you had the, the pole run there? You know, I honestly really wasn't that confident in it. Uh, especially off of turn two, uh, I got pretty tight there, and, and I was thinking the whole time that it probably wasn't a pole-winning lap, knowing that I had to run a O to, to do it. Uh, but I did get off turns three really well, and I thought that maybe it gave me a shot. So it certainly didn't feel as good as the first one, but usually when you have to push your car to go faster, it's not going to feel as good. So it probably made sense in the long run. And with your 36th career pole tying Jimmy Johnson, Rusty Wallace for X Y, just thoughts on that? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of lot of legends there. So, Kelly Crandallracer.com. Danny, I got a few things for you. First off, um, a lot of racing still to go before the playoffs. So, just wondering, is there anything top of mind or on the agenda for this 11 team to focus on bef- before we get to Darlington? 
just execution, honestly. Like, you know, last week having to go to the back three times just didn't help us. And, you know, a lot two of those were on me. And it's just really just getting through some what we call screen races, ones that don't alter strategy, don't alter uh, track position at any point during the race. We just, I think uh, last season by this time we had, uh, what race is this? Is this 18 or something? 21. 21, wow. Uh, I think we had like 13 or 14 green races, which means nothing detrimental to our day happened. I think we have three this year, so it's not not good at all. So that's really what we're trying to shore up. And I wanted to ask, we've started to hear some uh, some talks of maybe 2311 next year getting their own pit crew separate from Joe Gibbs Racing. Anything you can share with us there? Yeah, I mean, we're uh, I think that you know we're we're on our path to uh, trying to you know, get our own pit crews. I think we're on a good path to, to start that next year. So, um, you know, we're we're in the recruiting process. So anybody wants to come on over, just give me a call. Davey Siegel with Sirius XM. What, what's it about turn three that seems to be giving other people trouble and, and is letting you kind of rise above the rest right now? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, certainly it got into my head a little bit when uh, Kurt wrecked and it was right before we went out. Uh, I mean, just natural instincts is when I went through there on my get up to speed lap, I'm thinking right before I hit the gas, like how aggressive do I get here, you know, knowing that uh, yeah, a good experienced driver spun out. So it's something you don't see too terribly often. So it just puts a little something in your mind to make you just squeeze in the gas a little easier versus going right at it. But um, everyone's car's got such different balance and where you hit the corner over there, really makes a big difference as well. It, there's a seam right in the middle of the racetrack that if you get your right sides on it, it will get your car pretty loose. So it's just something you got to be aware of. Bubba had a really great run last week. He seemed pretty upbeat after that in Chicago. Car seems fast today. Yeah. Have you seen some positive momentum from him personally? You know, he can obviously go up and down with his emotions. Have you seen that play out the last week? Yeah, I mean, the whole 23-11 team has been really good, really fast these last, you know, we've had – very very fast cars over the last couple months but Bubba in particular yeah I mean seeing him put a whole race together last week um, to be able to start up front stay up front kind of get mixed to the middle and then drive back to the front uh, is all a good sign it's what we want to see out of him um, going into the future as well so I think that it's certainly he, he does kind of go with the emotions of his results but We've seen some positive change overall with him uh, in the last month or so. We'll go right up front. Sacketans ready, kicking the tires.net. Indy Grand Prix next week, um, that was one of your better races last year, nearly won until uh, the incident with Chase. How do you look back to that race and also moving ahead as you try to improve on your road course stats lately? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good track. I, I do like the, the road course there. Um, I I wish we were running the oval, um, but it's just, uh, you know, we just kind of got a, in a real frenzy to add a bunch of road courses to our schedule a couple of years ago, and, and, you know, it just it came at the expense of the big track there. But I, I like that road course. It's pretty smooth. It's not a whole lot to it per se. You just got to really hit your marks really well. Um, but it's, you know, there's – it's it's not too terribly technical. Uh, I think you know the guys with fast cars are going to be the ones to to beat there, even if they're not a plus plus road course racers. But uh, I, I prepare for road courses a little bit more than I do for ovals, simply because I'm not as good at them. Um, and hopefully we we take strides to be even better than what we were last year. 
David's on with the podium finish. Denny, um, just kind of following up on Kirk, could you tell if anything in particular happened there, or did he just kind of lose it off three? Yeah, I just saw it uh, a second ago, and it looked like he just, right when he crossed over that, that seam, uh, his car broke loose. So it's until you look at the data and see that, did he get aggressive with the gas? Was it was his car just loose? Uh, all those things are big factors, so you just never know. And overall, you guys had one of your better weekends as an organization last weekend at Loudoun. Um, how do you guys look to build off of that going up here to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that was a good sign for us. We, um, you know, those mile tracks, you know, when, when I think about Phoenix and, and the nightmare that that was for uh, all the Toyotas and our team in particular, uh, it's a good sign to go back to Loudoun that is similar, not not exactly the same, but similar to uh, tracks that you're going to need to be good at in the playoffs. Um, short tracks and road courses have been big challenges for, for all the Toyotas, and to see those starting to change and be good, that's that's a good sign for us. We'll go over in the blue shirt. Denny, Ted Schmidt, Area Auto Racing News. Um, it was announced this week that NASCAR is going to be going to Chicago for a street race. It, just wondering your thoughts on street racing in general and sh going to Chicago in particular. Well, I, I think certainly think that it's uh, it's a new opportunity to for us to go to uh, a market directly in the market that we were trying to aim to go decades ago with Chicagoland. Um, you know that that's obviously going to be big. I think it'll be a big event. Uh, I think you know there's a lot of factors that go into choosing such racetracks and um, I. You know, all of the schedule changes, that, honestly, that NASCAR has made over the last few years, and, and Ben Kennedy, you really can't question too much about uh, the decisions that they've made because I believe that they've all been good and, and created some positive momentum in our sport. Uh, I, I don't like that it came at the expense of Road America. I mean, we can we can get rid of, you know, the Rovals and the Indy road courses, stuff like that, uh, if we're going to go, you know, street racing in Chicago and then keep, uh, a track like Road America where the fans definitely supported us in a big way. So there's there's room for everything. You know, um, I just think that, you know, we we got to continue to be good at what we're what we are good at and you know, what we're good at is being, you know, close side-by-side -side battles uh in stock cars. That's what this sport was kind of built on is is short track racing and and oval track racing in general. I, I just hope we don't get too far away from our roots as far as that's concerned. We'll go in the very front. Scott Walsh from the uh, Scranton Times Tribune. Denny, um, after practice and qualifying now, what maybe is your best best guesstimate is how this car is going to race tomorrow? How much of a, a wild card could this be? Uh, you know, with, uh, as we get approaching the playoffs. Well, it, it's going to be a track position race. I, we, we say it almost every week, but um, you know, when when I got close to someone in, pra in practice, it was uh, it changed the balance of my car dramatically. I think the car that's leading will be significantly faster than anyone else in the field just because of the uh, the better air he's going to have. So you want to be first, not second, and third's worse than that. Fourth is worse than that, and it just keeps getting worse. Uh, this track in particular has always been one where the leader has a big, distinct advantage over the field. Uh, but I think in this car in particular that, you know, you typically, this car really – drives and, and runs well at tracks where it's multi-lane racetracks. Uh, here, it's it's kind of two grooves, and so there's not a lot of uh, room on the track for the air to escape. So the further you are up front, the faster your car is going to run. doesn't matter what the balance is. We'll go in the middle. Thank you. 
Cole Kusumana with the Arizona Republic. Uh, you mentioned that you, you wished you were running the Oval at Indy. Does running the road course kind of take away from the, I guess, the value or significance of racing at the Brickyard and winning there? Yeah, uh, certainly. Yeah, it's it. I mean, they, it, it it took a major off of our schedule. I mean, that's there's no other way you can say it or think of it. Um, you know, I, I I know there's a lot of factors, right? Uh, but I just don't see we're taking a major race, which was the Brickyard, off the schedule and putting a road course just doesn't – it didn't ever really make sense to me. Even if the racing wasn't fantastic, I mean, who cares? It's a big event, you know. So uh, I think actually the, these next-gen cars would have a better ch chance because of how much drag they have of putting on a better show than what we've had in the past, especially if they kind of get the horsepower and aerodynamic package right. Uh, they have so much drag. You, you could see an indie type race where there's a lot of passing down the straightaway. So, I, I certainly would like to see them revisit that for sure. We'll go to Davy in the back. Just real quick on Chicago, as a team owner or as a, a veteran driver in the garage, was your opinion sought by the sanctioning body at all about potentially going street racing and doing so there? Well, they've been talking to us uh, for a while about you know, the possibility of it. And, and anytime you know that usually where there's smoke, there's fire. So um, I actually know someone that was part of the talks and it's been years that they've been working on it. So I, I just knew inside information from that more so than open discussions with NASCAR on it. But they, they told us that, you know, it was a possibility. Nothing was done there. You got to go through legislation and all that stuff. But, um, you know, once they got it done, then, then of course they, they told us. We'll go to Kelly. Denny, just one last thing, going back to the pit crew thing. Is that just part of the process of 2311 growing and just start and doing things on their own? Yeah, I mean, I think that if anything, um, this will allow, this should help everyone's program, especially Joe Gibbs Racing. You know, when, for them to try to have to field six really good pit crews, uh, it's tough for them. Can they do four? Yes, but, you know, then where does that leave our team? That means we're always going to be fifth or sixth best. That It's hard for us to win races that way, uh, especially in, in track position type racing like we have today. So I think that we just felt that it'd be better if we had control uh, over, uh, you know, personnel and training and all those things. And um, it certainly is part of the future for us. I mean, I think that our relationship will always stay strong with Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, but some things we just feel like we would be better off if we just did it ourselves. And that way, you know, Joe didn't have to listen to me coming in his office each and every week saying, you know, how can we fix this or at that? If we stink, it's on us. Any final questions? Let's go with one last one in the back. Danny, one more thing on Bubba. It seems like lately he's, he's qualified really well. Um, what about qualifying do you think he, he's taken to lately? Well, I think a, a lot of that comes from some personnel that we have in our in our race team that is working directly with Bubba, especially on qualifying. Uh, I think that he's recognizing how much that qualifying really means to the hole you don't have to dig yourself out of if you qualify well. So I think that him and, and a few personnel at our team are working closely on getting the most out of the car uh, in qualifying, and I think he's starting to found, find that edge. All right, thank you, Denny, and good luck tomorrow. All right, thanks. All right, uh, Kyle got show started there with his question, put him on point.
So, uh, Kyle, kind of going with the theme of the show tonight, of the way the weekend turned out, I want to play Chase Elliott, his pre-race on Saturday before the race on Sunday. It's a short little five minutes. And talk about uh, the race at Pocono. Um, we're going to have some time with him as we wait for Chandler Smith to uh, wrap up victory lane. If you have a question for Chase, uh, driver of the number nine Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, please raise your hand and we'll start right here and then go to Zach. David Sal with the podium finish, Chase. Obviously, you're doing the SRX race tonight. Just what's your excitement level to, to do that, Sharon? Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, hope hope we can get there, you know, on time. Obviously, it's going to be really, really tight. So, um, yeah, fortunately, the weather's nice here today. Um, so, that, that, that's really helpful. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. You know, Nashville last year, for me, is probably going to be hard to top. I feel like that was about as cool as it gets uh, as it pertains to going and, and doing uh, doing one of their races, just the significance of that, the the city, you know, racing against dad, I mean, all that stuff was really cool. So, um, but tonight I think will be a lot of fun. Looking forward to being a part of the event. Hopefully it's a good show. Um, you know, and excited to, to watch Ryan and Dave race too. I think that's going to be neat and, and looking forward to that. Zach? Zach Sterniel, NASCAR.com. Chase, um, you talked uh, after after winning at Atlanta, you were on Corey LaJoy's podcast, and you said that you were trying to focus on getting better at the tracks you hadn't been good at, like Loud and like Pocono. Then you go finish runner-up last week. Um, what's the optimism level coming into this weekend's race, seeing what you guys were able to improve uh, last week at Loudon? Yeah, I mean, I I was surprised, you know, that, that we ran as good as we did last week. I mean, I, I feel like I've probably had had cars that were capable of running that well in the past. I just think I do a poor job uh, at that at that place. And, you know, it was nice. We, we qualified better than I thought we were going to, even, you know, after that second round. I didn't really think my lap was all that good, and then we ended up being second. You know, I was, I was kind of surprised by that. It felt like when the race started, we were, you know, uh, probably bleeding a little bit. And then when we, uh, and we had a loose wheel there and had to come back in and, and fix that, um, was able to get back up to the field, and, and then at that point, you know, I thought we had we had helped our car and gotten to a favorable favorable position, um, you know, and just just you know was uh, was proud of that effort, you know, and would like to continue to do you know do more of that this weekend. I think we can go and and um, you know be competitive. We, we we were good here once. I think it was like my rookie year. I, I uh, you know we were fast and had an opportunity there, and and I kind of threw that one away too. So. Just uh, hopefully we can kind of get back in that direction. So um, I think it's there. We just have to extract it, and, and this has been a, a difficult place for me. I'll take two more questions for Chase. Go to Davey and then up to Kyle. Hey, Chase. Davey Siegel with SiriusXM. Before your first win, you were really hard on yourself, uh, and the last couple of weeks you've also been pretty hard on yourself. Obviously, you can't win every single race. You know that. Where does the mindset come from of holding yourself to such a high standard? Where does that come from? I'm not hard on myself. I'm just honest about the facts of the matter and what happened. There's no one that knows what goes on in the event more than myself and my team. Not not y'all. Not anybody watching at home. So I mean, I, I appreciate the you know the kind words here and there, but the, the reality is what it was, and and I stated that. You know, I, I made too many mistakes and and felt like you know took a chance uh, to win away, and and that's really as simple as that. 
uh, and, and I try to state that, you know, when, when I feel that way, especially when it's in my hands. We'll wrap up here with Kyle. Kyle, can you raise your hand, bud? Kyle Magda, Rowdy Mag, Light Racing Media, and Lehighton Times News. Uh, Chase, what's what's been your opinion on the next-gen car? You've had some time with it now. You're leading the points. I mean, how, how has it been for you out there so far this season? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I really don't have much of an opinion. You know, like for me, I don't I don't make the rules. And and uh, my, my job is to make whatever it is go as fast as possible and perform at a high level, you know. And, and outside of that, I just... I've got to the point where does somebody else make those decisions and I'll go on down the road, you know. So um, I, I don't have much of one, honestly. Not not in a negative light, I just don't. And, you know, for me, I, I want to go do a good job. I want to go and perform at my best. I want to go and, and try to, you know, make my team better. I want to get better, you know, every week. And, and that opportunity is going to be there whether you're driving, you know, what we have now or what you had last year or whatever they decide to change to here in a couple of years or whatever, you know. So um, I don't think the racing's much different, you know, from the outside looking in, just a lot of a lot of new obstacles for the teams and, and the folks to overcome. Well, thank you, Chase. Appreciate yeah. you coming in Appreciate and being it. flexible with your Thanks. time. And now All right, guys. Uh, he was being frank and brutal. So his fans... That the real story here is, but uh, so Denny Hamlin wins the race, and we got we, we're going to play their version of uh, Victory Lane in in the Deadline Room, not knowing the loom and doom that's coming. All right, everyone, we are now joined by your poll winner for Sunday's race at Pocono Raceway, Denny oh. Hamlin, driver of the number 11. Start uh, our post-race press conference, and we are now joined by the uh, winning crew chief of the uh, winning team, the number 11 uh, FedEx Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing, and that is Chris Gabehart. If you have a question for Chris, raise your hand, and we will get you a mic, um, and we'll start right here with Bob. I have two. The first is, is it a little bit ridiculous to hit the wall and spin and still win? Uh, at Pocono, maybe, where our track position means so much, I would say, I mean, ridiculous maybe not, but an eventful day, certainly. <laughs> and also, with Kurt Busch uh, suffering a concussion on a back end, kind of a hit with the rear of the car, is there concerns on your guys' end just about this car and the hits the drivers are taking? Oh, good grief, Bob. You're such a downer. We just won the race. Why are you asking something like that? Uh, I mean, concern, listen, it's racing. These are heavy cars going really fast. That's a lot of energy to dissipate. There's always concern. This sport's a dangerous sport. It's always going to be a dangerous sport. NASCAR and all the race teams just do a good job of disguising that sometimes. We'll go to Zach. Next journey on NASCAR.com. Chris, uh, I'm curious your take on the contact that took out the one car earlier, and just what what was um, your take from the top to pick the pit box? It took out what car? Which one? One car. I'm not. What contact? What are you talking about? Turn one. 
I don't know anything about that, honestly. Fair no enough. idea. We're also joined by Denny Hamlin, uh, the winning driver of today's race and the owner of Joe Gibbs Racing, Coach Joe Gibbs. If you have a question for any of these three gentlemen, raise your hand and we'll get you a mic. Zach, do you have a follow-up? Good. Uh, for Denny, then, uh, your contact with Ross Chastain off turn one. Um, Who? Noted. <laughs> Anyone have a no follow-up question? No follow-up. Huh? You got the point. Good. Zach has a, another follow-up. We're going to try again. No, no, I'm not. Coach, you have. That's, that's not a demeaning way to him. It's just a, making a funny. I got it. Uh, huh. co- Coach uh, Ty Gibbs was obviously uh, made his. Uh, cup debut today. What was your impression of seeing him out on the racetrack and coming away with the top 20 finish? Yeah, he he was he was discouraged that he couldn't get more out of it. I uh, appreciate Denny and the whole group over there, Michael and everybody for letting Ty jump in there. That was his first run at it, and I think he realizes how tough it is. <laughs> so he he was he was wanting to get more out of it. Any further questions for our winning team? Here you go. Dave and Son with the podium finish. One for you, Chris, and one for Denny. Chris, uh, obviously three wins now in the season, a lot of ups and downs. Kind of how would you evaluate where you guys are at, at this point of the season? Um, I mean, capable. That's what I would say. I mean, I think this is our third poll since the Coke 600. Two of those have been wins. One of them should have been um, – you know, I get tired of the should have been stat, but by gosh, we got a lot of those. So, capable. That's that's what I would say, and uh, we just got to keep working at it. Uh, and Denny, obviously, you had a lot of options uh, or other options on who you could put in the, in the 45 car. Why'd you settle on Ty versus maybe someone like John Hunter Niebuchadnezzar or Brandon Jones or, or another Toyota driver? Yeah, I mean, we we talked amongst ourselves with uh, with Michael and and Curtis and Joe and Coy and and Heather, and you know, just thought uh, it could be a good opportunity for him. Uh, to get in there and, and get his feet wet in the series and see what it's like to drive an next-gen car. He's never driven it before. So I think uh, it just was a good opportunity for, for him to uh, to do that, especially uh, in a no-pressure situation. Dan? Uh, Dan Gelson, Associated Press. Um, Denny, you passed Jeff Gordon today, seven. Pocono's winning his driver with seven. Uh, what You're at the stage of your career where you're always – matching greats in some categories. So what does that mean to you, and, and why are you, over a long time have you yeah. found so much success? Yeah, I mean, it lots, means a lot to me, honestly. Um, I just uh, – it's hard for me to kind of believe because there's so much that goes into winning at this track. It's you know, having the fastest car is like a 20% of the, <laughs> the equation that it takes to win. So um, today was a prime example where it, it you needed all, all of it, all 100%. And – um, strategy worked out. The car, they got it better. Uh, I did my job when I really counted and screwed up in other times. So it just, uh, it all came together. It was a truly a, a team win. The pit crew did a phenomenal job today. So there was a lot of, um, I've had a lot of those wins happen that way at this racetrack. Um, and maybe one day I'll get myself a rock out there. <laughs> nice. We'll go to Kelly and then Scott. Kelly com. First for Chris. You guys made it known months ago that it was all about bonus points, playoff points, and that was going to dictate kind of just the mentality going forward. So added another five today. You're now 
almost right there for the most in the series. So is it kind of mission accomplished and just feeling much better about that position as the playoffs approach? Um, I wouldn't say mission accomplished. There's however many races left to win, and we want to win them all. Um, but certainly we're not going to, uh, through situations, we're probably not going to get into the top ten in points, so there's no bonus points for us to be had at uh, at the end of the regular season. So we've got to rack up as many of them as we can right here. Chase is on pace to probably win the regular season points, so he's got 15 coming to him. But, you know, this team can win any week um, in the road course is coming up next week. So I don't I – mean, any week. We're going to try. I wish they put it on the oval. I'm here to tell you. But um, this team can win any week. So that's what we're focused on is winning. You win, the rest will take care of itself. Denny, um, turn one, lap one, you got a good start and then went up and bounced off the wall. Just what happened there? I, I thought yeah. I heard you say something about resin, but I might have been mistaken. Yeah, it just wasn't burned in. I mean, we had no weather overnight, so I just assumed that it was in whatever condition it – it was after the race um, yesterday, so uh, I just I went in there just as normal as I'd, I had before, but the combination of the new tires that probably weren't burned in good enough and the resin not being hot, uh, it was ice. And Kyle actually did it the very next restart, so it was just it was treacherous there for a while until we burned it in halfway through the race. Here to Scott, and back to. Scott Walsh from the uh, Scranton Times Tribune. Danny, you, you talk about what happened on lap one. What happened on uh, when you spun in turn two? Can you just kind of talk a little bit about that and how you were able to, uh, you know, just kind of fight back and, and get back to the front uh, over the next uh, bunch of laps? Yeah, I mean, I just kind of got ate up on a restart pretty bad, and I got stuck behind the 47, and then I went four wide on the bottom, and it gave me a bad angle going in. And I didn't want to slide up, so I tried to use the apron to get the car to stay down low, and I just uh, spun it out. So... Uh, glad no one got into us there, certainly, but uh, it certainly, our, our day was not looking great at that moment, but it was interesting how optimistic Chris was that, all right, we're just going to figure out a way to get up front, and you're going to win the race, and that's the way it's going to be, and um, of course, about 5% of my brain actually comprehends and believes that, but um, we found a way, just kept digging. And, Chris, okay, talk about just how – what were you saying today at that point, how optimistic you were? Um, Five, you heard him. Five percent of him <laughs> believed we had a shot. So, I, But, listen, it, five was enough apparently, right? I just I just had to find some little part in there. No, I mean, the, the message is you can't quit fighting. Mm -hmm. And certainly at a track where there's so much strategy that can play out. I mean, anytime you can get more fuel in your tank than, than the rest of your competitors, it opens up opportunities. So – you know, when that happened, you know, it allowed us to get 10 or 12 more laps of fuel in the tank, and which opens up windows. But you've got to be able to look several um, runs in advance of that one. Once something like that happens, and you've got to start thinking through, if this scenario, then what? And you've got to be ready for all those when they happen because you don't have time to pivot. Uh, the calls have got to be instantaneous. So, you know, listen, the pit crew did amazing. Um, I, I'm just so proud of, of my whole team. But... Uh, Ryan, Sam, my two engineers, and um, they, they just, the whole team, they just know never to give up. They they just believe and they march, and, and you know, so does Denny, and here we are. And, and just real quickly, um, the last, the incident with uh, Blaney, the caution to come out, how much did that help you? Because I think you were talking about asking Denny to save fuel. It down. did, so this is twice in a row, or not twice in a row, it's two times this year where I say to myself, well, if they just run an average pit stop, <clears throat> 
then we'll get plenty of fuel in it. And lo and behold, they run the fastest one of the day. They slow down and go fast. I think there's a great message in that. Uh, but nonetheless, we, we needed some caution laps to feel good about it. The Blaney caution was margin. Uh, we really didn't need it, but it certainly made us feel good about it and, and gave Denny uh, enough fuel in the tank to do a turn one to turn three burn, burnout for his seventh Pocono win in his career, which I am very proud of. Uh, that is an amazing accomplishment. I've been fortunate enough to be with him for three of them, and uh, I'm glad he had enough fuel to put on a show there at the end. So I see we got uh, questions for Zach, Dustin, and Chris. Are any of these for Chris Gabehart? Chris, I'm going to let you go for your next stop. Thank you for your time. Congratulations on the big win. Good job. Okay, we'll continue on and go back to Zach. Danny, just going back to that Pocono success here, um, you've talked about how on the front end of your career when you were having a lot of success here, that was when you were able to run the middle line, especially through turn one. Mm -hmm. um, with that resonant, it looks like that lane is back yeah. to prominence. How much does that help you behind the wheel? Um, despite whatever strategies out there, just behind the wheel, how much does that help you? Um, I, I don't know that the line really helps me, but I think it helps the racing here. Um, you know, if we didn't have the resin here, this track would, you know, it would struggle to get off the bottom just simply because of the age of the, the surface. Uh, but, you know, when they put the resin down uh, a couple years ago, it, it's made this a, a multi-lane racetrack, and we've seen the next-gen car really thrive on tracks that is wide. You, you need to go in, into the corner and have some options. So um, I think they did a really good job with that. They consulted uh, the, the, a lot of the teams and drivers on uh, whether they should reapply it. They talked to some of the drivers that uh, came here and tested. Um, so I think that uh, it, it's been good. And so uh, really, you know, even beyond the, the track surface, you know, it was great to see the, the crowd and really the investment that the racetrack's making back into the facilities here just packed to the to the gill. It's it's great to see that this place is, is really thriving in, in the one day that they got. Come here, Dustin. Dustin Albino, JC.com. Denny, you tied Tony Stewart for 12th on the all-time wins list today with 49. It looks like he did so in one fewer start, um, but what's it mean to tie Tony, someone that you were teammates with for a few years? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a legend for sure. I mean, uh, I was fortunate enough to be teammates with him and actually, um, you know, kind of got mentored. Our, our managers were the same and kind of mentored us uh, at such a young age when I was coming into the sport and I didn't know what I was doing. And Joe put a contract in front of my face. To, uh, him and his, um, you know, guys made sure that I, I, I got taken care of and cost Joe a lot of money. Uh, but uh, so we actually became real, probably closer friends. He once. actually bought a house twice as big as mine. <laughs> Right next to me. That that that's embarrassing. Okay. And uh, you know we just we we just been good friends and and cer certainly someone that I look up to from a talent standpoint. You know to be able to have the accomplishments he's had at every type of racetrack. He was that guy that it didn't matter for 36 races of the year. He was a threat to win, and that's what I I hope to be one day. Go upstairs front to Chris. Denny, um, two questions real quick. Um, lot, there was a lot of drivers complaining that it was hard to pass out there today. So really, was it hard to pass out there, or did you have to have a good car to be able to pass? 
I mean, it, it, it always is. I mean, a lot of the tracks we go to, it, it's very, very hard to pass. Um, it's just part of racing. I mean, um, you, you can watch the F1 race at Monaco, and nobody will pass anyone all day long. They just kind of run behind each other. So it's uh, it's more to it than that for sure, but I think that they've made the racing here as, as good as what can be expected, honestly. Um, you know, it, it takes many different ways. Sometimes you win this on strategy. Sometimes you win it by having a fast car. Um, but either way, it's, you know, no mistake that, um, you know, some of the fast guys continue to win here. And, you know, Kyle, you know, dominating this race, you know, year after year over the last five years, it's no accident. They, they know what they're doing. And so um, passing is, is difficult. It's difficult everywhere we go. We had a tough race at Martinsville uh, earlier this year. So we're just always trying to make this next-gen car better. And we're in the first year of it. So I'm sure there will be changes over the next few years to continue to make the product better. We spent decades making that car better that we had, the Gen 6 car, uh, and we got it to a good place. But, I mean, we're still only, you know, just past half a season on this car. So we got a long way to go to continue to improve it. And then Taylor seemed emotional in a good way today, more than emotional than I think I've ever seen her at the racetrack. As she's getting older, what's it like to spend, to embrace those moments and obviously get to carry her in the car with you and yeah. everything? Yeah, she she loved it, and she's an emotional girl anyway. Uh, but uh, she always, you know, says I just I don't win enough when she comes to the races. So uh, <laughs> I just way to go, Tyler. Yeah, try try to do my part. <laughs> okay, and uh, for Coach Gibbs, um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. came in yesterday after the Xfinity race, and he praised Ty Gibbs about how he raced Noah Gregson in the final laps. He felt like that Noah could have taken or excuse me, Ty could have taken some opportunities to take Noah out, and he didn't, and he gave praise after praise about how he raced, and I was just wondering how you thought Ty raced Noah yesterday no, after all they've been through yeah. this year. I, I, thought, I thought it was a heck of a race, and I told Noah out there today, hey, they went after it, and they'll probably be doing that for a number of years. And so, no, I, I'm proud of Ty on that. Uh, we had Kyle Larson in the road race, too. So I think he's you know, maturing, he understands, and and so hopefully that'll be the way he races in the future. I want to just thank Toyota, everybody there. If we got a new boss, Jack Hollis, this is awesome. Two weeks in a row, we're getting a chance to call a new guy, Bob Carter. Miss Bob already, so that's really something that's important for us. And then FedEx, you know, Fred, everybody, Raj, Bree. Catherine, Monica, everybody there. So it's a big deal for us. Kelly. Denny, you tweeted earlier today about Ty. You said the little ish that stole your shoes. Is that true? Was he wearing your shoes today? He was. So he had Kurt's fire suit and yeah. your shoes. That's right. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I mean, I was I, I was trying to get a nap in uh, around 1230. And um, interesting, you know, guy – Everyone knows Austin, who's been with me for forever. He's been started with Ty this year, um, and he's got much much longer runway with Ty. So, uh, and so he comes barging in my bedroom, taking my shoes, and he said, "Ty, I need shoes." So, uh, and and it, uh, Ty says he's already got his friends asking uh, when he can get some Jordans. So, I'm not sure if that's part of the one race deal or not. I don't know. It's yeah. Uh, he said it was a little snug around his buns, but other than that, it was good. We'll go to uh, Dan and then Cole. 
Dan Nelson, AP. Joe, I know this is kind of a common question every week, but you know, Dave Wilson and Toyota painted a much dire picture of your contract talks with, with Kyle. Um, has anything changed of late, and is it as bad as he painted the picture? Well, I, I think it is. Everybody in here kind of knows because you've been through this with different teams, and it's so hard. It's hard to put things together. And we had uh, a couple of companies we thought, you know, it wound up being disappointments for us. And so we're just working hard trying to get it done. But it is hard, and it is discouraging. Cool. Cole Cusimano with the Arizona Republic. Danny, uh, you had a really rough start to the season. Now you're tied for most wins in the series. I'm just curious if your outlook for the postseason has changed from the beginning of the season to now or if it's remained the same. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gotten better. Uh, it seemed like at the beginning of the season we were only good at certain types of tracks, and it was mile and a half. <laughs> Anything else just wasn't very good for us. Um, and it seems like we're, we made strides, especially, um, you know, last week was a good sign being at that it's a track that has similar loads. That, that Phoenix has. Obviously, if you want to win a championship, you better be good uh, at Phoenix. And we were all subpar there at best early in the spring. So it's a good sign that we're, we're getting our cars better at all types of racetracks. Now, road courses, we still still got work to do. Um, next week, we're going to try to keep moving the bar just a little bit. I think that we're all, you know, Sonoma was historic in a bad sense for, for all of us. And then uh, the next race, we just kept getting a little bit better. And I thought we had a couple cars at Road America that were right on the edge of top ten. I know that's a very modest goal for you know a bunch of you know, Hall of Fame teammates. Hey, we're now joined by uh, NASCAR Cup Series Managing Director Brad Moran. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, this is an appealable uh, disqualification, so can't get into as many details as I'm sure you'd like. Uh, we can do that once the appeal process has been exhausted. But, uh, Brad, um, with that um, in mind, what can you tell us about the inspection process and what you found that uh, ended up being a DQ for both the 11 and the 18? Yeah, unfortunately, we, uh, you know, we were, uh, we were doing our, uh, our post-race inspections, uh, which, which we do. Um, there was some, uh, some issues discovered that, uh, that affect, uh, affect arrow of the vehicle. Um, the, uh, the part was the... Uh, was the front fascia, and um, there really was uh, no reason why there was some material that was somewhere that it shouldn't have been, uh, and that does uh, basically come down to a DQ. It is a penalty, uh, both first uh, 11 of Denny Hamlin and the 18 of Kyle Busch been DQ'd. Uh, their vehicles are being loaded in a NASCAR hauler. They're going to go back to the R&D center. Um, the... Uh, the final results have been changed to uh, to to show that the the two DQs uh, were there, and uh, they have the opportunity to appeal it, and it'll be all sorted out by next week. So, uh, like Mike said, there's I can't get into all the details of what the issues were, but both vehicles had the same issue, and unfortunately, uh, they were not acceptable to pass the inspection. All right, we'll take uh, one question. Um, uh, if you have one, please raise your hand. Brad, this has not happened for a long time, maybe two decades. I don't have to look in the history books, but does this relate to something related to the new car? Is this something that is surprising at this point? Because we haven't 
had a race winner DQ'd in Cup for a very, very long time. Yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate. You know, we don't want to be here talking about this. We just saw a great race. Um, you know, last thing we want to do is meet here afterwards and and talk about uh, talk about this problem. But you know, the teams and the owners and everybody is well aware that this new car was going to be kept um, with some pretty tight tolerances. And there's some areas that all the teams are well aware uh, that we cannot be going down the path. Uh, that we had in the past with the other cars, so it is partly to do with the uh, it is partly to do with the new car, and uh, you know the, the rules have tightened up, and you know everyone has to kind of abide by our new rules, which everybody's well aware of. No, not not from what we've uh, not from what we've seen at this point. We we saw enough that the DQ was warranted. Uh, and we are bringing the vehicles back for uh, for further evaluation, so we will uh, look much closer. There you to have vehicles. it, folks. Uh, but as of right now, no, that that uh, is the winner. We're not, we're, the right uh, hopefully, not going to find anything else. But um, we are gonna, we are going to inspect. Man, appreciate we're, we're down to the wire here. Thank you, Brad. Good I appreciate time. your time and to the media. Appreciate your understanding uh, on hey, the appeals process. Until next time, uh, Fred. On, Brad. We're doing okay. the. Thank you, everybody. 22nd countdown, Chase Elliott wins at Pocono. Kyle, there again. Y'all tune in Thursday night. We'll have a couple of guests on, getting getting up, getting ready for the next weekend. Keep that light shining.